Hey this is Chaitanya and welcome to Chai for the day. Ayurveda, the science from ancient India is something I'm sure you've heard of. Although the most common theories you might have heard of are, you know, it's all about medicinal herbs or it's about massages, it's about diet or oh it's not researched enough. So what if I told you that Ayurveda is much much more than all of this? It is an ancient and holistic science that addresses the body, mind and soul and helps us reach our highest potential. So joining us today is Dr. Ram Manohar, a renowned Ayurvedic doctor, researcher and Sanskrit scholar to enlighten us on the very concept of Ayurveda and its essence. So he is currently the research director at a leading Ayurvedic institute and is also a scientific advisor on Ayush which is a government of India initiative. He is most well known for his research um on Ayurveda as an integrative medicine and therein lies his passion. So over the next couple of episodes with him I hope to explore how basic Ayurvedic concepts can be integrated into our journeys. and today's conversation will lay down the foundation of ayurveda and its relevance in each of our lives so um dr ram this is our first episode and like i was just telling the audience um our, our topic for today is really ayurveda and uh, exploring ayurveda and its relevance in today's world So um before we kind of get into the topic um uh, you know it'll be great to get to know you and what really drew you to ayurveda Oh yes i mean it was really a coincidence a very unexpected you know a twist in my life a turning point uh, it all happened because at that point of time a unique educational experiment was set up in the field of ayurveda in india at coimbatore this was in the 80s uh, it was in 83 that i joined the ayurveda college in coimbatore where you know ayurveda is a, a system of thought which has its root in indian culture indian tradition and our outlook to life nature so people at that time a lot of thought leaders were thinking that the way ayurveda is taught in modern colleges and institutions it does not actually fit into the pedagogical framework that was in vogue in ancient india and i still remember the first time i stepped into the campus of that college so up till that time i had a lot of uh, apprehensions but when i stepped into the college i actually saw a lot of students there you know performing kalari which is the traditional martial arts of kerala and that atmosphere was really captivating so i must say that it was not really ayurveda that made me take that decision the the peaceful vibes that i got from that uh, environment the nature the close proximity of nature and then the you know the simple way of life the students were leading there and the performance of this kalari it was a dramatic moment i mean this completely transformed me i really felt very familiar i thought that i was being exposed to something which was very close you know and deeply embedded in my own heart and at that moment i took an instinctive decision i mean this is where i should study and in which you know the traditional elements 
the spiritual practices close contact with nature all those things and staying with the teachers interacting them with informally so all those elements of the ancient educational system was also brought in and we were lived in a forest at the in the valley of the anakati mountain hills uh, we lived literally in a thick forest we had small you know ashram like uh, atmosphere there with buildings they were just huts and small very simple living and uh, we we had we lived with elephants peacocks snakes and all these wild animals so it was a very unique kind of atmosphere in which this whole college was set up and i think one of the things that i hear you saying is about how this approach really took us or you know took you back to ayurveda in the way that it was practiced at its roots within with with our gurukul systems um and which was quite different from the way it was otherwise being practiced over the last uh, you know few decades before that so how was this how is this different um and you know how would you really describe this basic uh, premise of ayurveda no, ayurveda is basically the awareness of life itself it's uh, it's a deep awareness of your own existence that's what the word ayurveda actually means although we actually you know tend to translate it as a medical system traditional medicine this is creating an image of ayurveda you know uh, which is derived from our perception and understanding of modern medicine when you think of medicine we have modern medicine in our mind and we expect you know ayurveda to be something like that and so we do not really have an understanding of what ayurveda is as it is and this is what many of us learnt also in this gurukula system that ayurveda is basically opening us to the deeper roots of our own existence and of the existence that we encounter with around us so it's basically speaking the word ayurveda means a deep insight into life itself and here the whole idea is that we have to harmonize you know within our inner being and also with the external environment around and this is one of the most fundamental themes in ayurveda so becoming aware of the space and time in which we are embedded which is continuously you know putting us in a very dynamic and uh, you know continuously changing you know spatio temporal matrix and the whole secret of a successful you know healthy life that achieves higher levels of well-being is to become aware of this existence and respond consciously to you know uh, mm-hmm. the uh, situations that nature puts us in and this is what we were able to perceive you know living in that forest you know in such close contact with nature i think that was the lesson number 1 which i learned even as i stepped into that campus so um, can you elaborate a little more about this interconnection between the environment and us and how ayurveda yeah. actually helps us you know there, there was a kind of a real wow moment uh, in during my study of ayurveda when i realized one of the most fundamental premises of life uh we are all talking about interconnectedness so i once asked one of my teachers you know uh, from a modern scientific point of view how can we really say that this whole universe is so interconnected 
uh, is it really is is the are these connections really so uh, strong and uh, you know deep so my teacher immediately told me there is no connection in nature so i was completely baffled so i said what are you saying he said you know there can be a connection only between two things nature is one so there is not even a question of connection because we are one and that indivisible unity of existence is the root principle of ayurveda so even to think of a connection is an illusion because that it means that we are already perceiving a separation so this was completely mind boggling i mean to and this is what ayurveda says is the core experience in the words of charaka samhita sarvalokam atmanya atmanam cha sarvaloke samam anupashyata satya buddhi samutpadya that means seeing myself in the whole universe and the whole universe in me that is the moment of true awakening mm. that is the state of highest health so ayurveda defines health as a state of consciousness not just as a you know physiological state of the physical body because i can see uh, the connection between yogic teachings ayurvedic teachings and you know it really doesn't seem to be any different it seems to come from the same source um so can you tell us a little more about the history of ayurveda you know from the scriptures that we are aware of and um you know i think the most famous one is the charaka samhita that yeah charaka samhita but... and sushruta samhita are the oldest textbooks representing the schools of medicine and surgery so even if you look at modern medicine if mm-hmm. we were to divide professional medicine you know into basic uh, uh, you know disciplines we have the surgical and medical discipline which is kind of uh, underlying all the other specialties you have a medical and surgical approach so right from the beginning when we see the professionalized textbooks of ayurveda we see it to be extremely organized so at that time ayurveda was specialized into eight major you know specialties which included general medicine psychiatry pediatrics you know uh, medicines dealing with head and you know diseases of the head and neck which in today's Uh, parlance would include the ENT then ophthalmology uh, you know and then uh, also the study of the brain and uh, you know related structures so dentistry all these things come in that and, and what is the timeline that we're talking about or rather the known timeline you know, that we're talking we really, about when yeah, these textbooks have undergone editing you know over the centuries so we know only about the time of some of the people who edited this work we have no clue about the origin of these texts so we can't see into the mists of time like the charaka samhita was originally known as the agnivesha tantra you know uh, was the first author was agnivesha but it's not known by the name of the first author because it got edit- edited redacted the textbooks themselves say charaka pradi samskrite charaka has only refined this uh, text and then we know that dridavala another scholar actually also uh, you know filled in missing portions at a later period so we what we have is a very edited refined there we cannot say that the charaka samhita that we have 
represents ayurveda at the time of its origins even though these are the earliest texts beyond that even before for a system to be already organized you know it should still have a history you know behind that uh, we are we are So what the timeline would be, though, you know, again, a few centuries that. before the Common Era, by most conservative estimates, we could say one thousand years before the Common Era, we could trace the origins of these texts by most conservative estimates. But uh, so the edited. So sorry, Doctor, I'm to interject here, but I'm just trying to understand this better. So you're basically saying that. these yes. texts the popularly known texts um, like the charak samhita which are edited yes. versions of much older texts are dated to be around 1000 bc or much yeah. earlier we still don't know how much yes. earlier but conservatively sure. 1000 bc so which means that it was already a very evolved science yeah. and documented yes. science because it was in the beginning it was an oral tradition so a lot of this transmission mm-hmm. took place orally there was no written text writing was considered as a kind of a you know a degradation of the system because when people couldn't memorize they had to write it down so that was not considered as a development uh so what we have mm-hmm. is only evidence of some writings so we do not know how long the oral tradition lasted so we w- we could say now the origins of ayurveda we can if you stretch it through historical uh, you know research we could we would end up a few centuries before the common okay. era but be- and beyond that is 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 very hazy i mean we do not know okay okay and um, now interestingly dr ram a lot of the um, perspective that you know you're sharing about ayurveda and uh, i think being related from a consciousness perspective so a lot of this yes. is not really discussed or known in in common life you know if if i i call myself a commoner so i think the most common thing yes. that we understand is the doshas the tri doshas uh, you know the and and the most popularly known herbs like trifala or something like that so yeah. um, how would you actually separate out the philosophy of ayurveda from the medicines you know it, it does that make sense as a question yeah i mean ayurveda as i told you is an insight about life itself mm. so it it has many practices you know around it and uh, some of these practices could also exist independently without you know being connected to the deeper core philosophy because some of them are techniques so although we can look at ayurveda also as a set collection of techniques like you know massage and so somebody who is doing a massage need not necessarily have a very deep insight into the philosophy of ayurveda so there are such things on the periphery uh, you you may you may have a knowledge about what herb to use when you have a problem and acidity and it just disappears and still you don't need to really know the deeper philosophy of ayurveda so the beauty of ayurveda is that when you put all these things together it gives you a path path of self transformation in which tackling disease is one of the components mm. so if you put if you put it in a philosophical perspective what ayurveda says is curing a disease is not an end in itself it's only a means to a higher goal so what is the philosophy of ayurveda is that it teaches 
all these small goals and lays before us a road map which can which leads to this higher uh, you know goal of self transformation of the transformation of your own consciousness so put all these things put together with that perspective is what makes it ayurvedic otherwise you have some herbal medicines or some you know massage techniques they don't fulfill the uh, ultimate purpose does that make yes, sense uh, yes of course it does um and i think maybe deep diving a little more into that question now so yes. when you say that it stitches these uh, different aspects together so yes can you help us understand this uh, maybe if possible in a simple way uh, with an example of how that is done yeah i mean so what ayurveda says is that you know uh, when it comes to a system of health care of course our first goal is to deal with uh, illnesses and sicknesses that prevent us from pursuing the higher goals of life so this is how the textbook like charaka samhita says why do we need to cure diseases because they are an obstacle to the higher pursuits in life so uh, ോൾ so by giving us a uh, definition of health that is beyond just biomedical parameters even just psychological parameters ayurveda brings a whole process of healing gives a new definition and meaning to the whole process of healing actually the word healing mm-hmm. is to make you whole again make you complete mm-hmm. again complete again means integrating your body mind and self okay integrating the lower pursuits in your life with the most highest goals in life okay so that when you become you are not a healthy person unless you have a prasanna atmendriya manaha so sushruta samhita very beautifully puts it samadosha is needed samadhatu sama uh, agni samadhatu malakriya but that is the biomedical definition of health but you also need to be a prasanna atmendriya manaha which means at the level of your own deeper consciousness you must uh, you must have discovered this oneness otherwise you cannot be called as healthy so mm-hmm. this kind of a today we can see that who is trying to extend its definition of health mm. from purely biomedical to social well being and all that but ayurveda was a first medical system to extend it even beyond uh, the uh, definition sweeping move you know it gives a perspective and orientation to life itself okay so does this mean that if i come to you as a patient yes um does it mean that through an ayurvedic diagnosis i will actually be addressing my life at a medical state at an emotional state and a spiritual state yes. is that what it means that's actually what it means that is for people who have 
studied ayurveda in that depth for that you must have first even approached ayurveda in that perspective which is why that gurukula experiment was also done to bring that orientation and the second thing is you know we need to propagate ayurveda as a vision as a philosophy not only amongst physicians but also in the general public this is what the text says so when there is such a so ayurveda is a source of knowledge that we can utilize if we want you know it has many things to offer even at the surface you can get the small things that you want now whether you the whole question is whether you want to use it to its full potential so i am talking about using ayurveda to its full potential for that you must approach the physician with that motivation because in ayurveda it's all about health intelligence awakening health intelligence it's not about you know um, uh, offering uh, health as a commodity it's not something which we can distribute so a mm-hmm. real confrontation with an ayurvedic an encounter with an ayurvedic is transformative the ayurvedic physician sees through the physical emotional and spiritual states of the individual and is the prescription is something which is transformative even the word aushadha actually transformation that will express a higher intelligence uh, that is what that word osha means you know a transformation and the is a transformation in the body that leads to the expression of a higher consciousness so this is actually the transformative effect of ayurveda this is what we call as healing healing is different from curing curing yeah. uh, you know when some symptoms are gone you are mm-hmm. cured but healing is mm-hmm. when you become whole hmm this is i mean this is so interesting dr ram because i think these aspects of ayurveda are are what we are the most unfamiliar with and we typically approach a vaidyan or a you know ayurvedic doctor with a very specific expectation of getting cured yes. but you know without the healing perspective which is maybe what is missing in the overall healing process today yes. Yes. so uh, now just coming to the last uh, question of this segment and you know like i said we'd love to connect with you again and you know get down to the details of um how a lot of this works uh but before that the the question of how do how does ayurveda really apply in today's life because you know in today's kali yuga if you have to put it that way you know there's a, there, we live at a very fast pace pace we you know there's just so much of noise so much of disturbance every day our sleep cycles are not the same so how do we really integrate this yeah. kind of a holistic healing approach into our our lives um with our current lives you know in in a way that it's possible yeah yes you know if i were to tell very frankly uh this was a question that i was once asked how can ayurveda adapt to the modern world because today we are living very busy lives which in involves mm-hmm. a lot of uh, modifications in our lifestyle you know which is uh not so natural so how will ayurveda be practical that was a question that was i was once confronted with and the i answered by saying that you know if you asking ayurveda to adapt is like asking nature to adapt to our needs mm-hmm, that's true it's not yeah. nature that needs to adapt we have to adapt to nature and 
Ayurveda is like that. I mean, these are some rules and laws. We can make uh, benefit by complying with it or we mm-hmm. face the consequences. That's the ultimate answer. But, uh, you know, I think it will take a, a corona to Very teach true. us this lesson. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> and today we are really looking at this reality of, you know, we have been forced to change our lifestyle. We have been forced to reduce our interference with nature. So this is ultimately the way we are heading to. I mean, one day or the other, we will learn. We'll have to learn this. But the second thing that Ayurveda says is also that, you know, harmony can happen at two levels. One is, you know, a deeper harmony where you surrender to nature and, you know, we just uh, merge with the flow of life. This requires uh, a lot of inner preparation and, you know, inner transformation and elevation to a higher state of consciousness. Uh, This is uh, maybe not something which uh, we can step into just like that. So Ayurveda all says that while we learn, while we evolve, I mean, we make a lot of deviations, mistakes, so there are ways in which we can compensate for it. So, for example, in today's life, there are people who do, you know, uh, keep awake at night. I mean, they just cannot uh, uh, make a living otherwise. So if you tell them that you have to wake up in the Brahma Mahurta, you know, so many hours before sunrise and you must sleep at this time, it's not practical for them. And we may think that, you know, they have, nothing that Ayurveda can offer them. But that's not true. Because this is where Ayurveda says, when you make a deviation, how can you compensate for it? So if you are a person who is Mm -hmm. continuously, you know, not sleeping in the night because of your vocation, then there are occupation, then there are ways in which we can minimize. There's something called as damage control. And I think this is one of the areas where Ayurveda can really help. Like bridge from a totally undisciplined life to something till the person slowly discovers, you know, a deeper and more harmonious life, the starting point could be this damage control. So we we begin to identify what are the things that we are doing in our life, Mm -hmm. which is against natural laws, and what kind of compensations Mm -hmm. we can do, you know, to uh, minimize the effect that it will have on our system. So this, I think, is relevant for people in many professions, like, you know, pilots, those who have to, you know, cross different time mm-hmm. zones and different geographical regions, you know, uh, and uh, many, many such other professions today demand, you know, that we do things which are against the natural laws. And here Ayurveda can minimize. There are many things, treatments and procedures in Ayurveda, which we can do to compensate for these bad effects. And, you know, bring establish the harmony even though mm-hmm. it is not an ideal situation it would still be you know a, a better position from where we can slowly discover a deeper harmony yeah that is so. thank you so much dr ram i think this was a, a really interesting uh, perspective and also i think what you just said about starting with the damage control being the entry point into building that harmony and balance in our lives and uh, maybe that is where we can start off the next time um, on the next episode where we would really like to maybe get a little deeper into how do we do this? How do we start with this uh, damage control um, and maybe bring in 
some more um, knowledge, information, tips on how do we truly build that balance in our everyday lives. I have many more questions for you now. Uh, but thank you very much okay. for your time. This was really good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation and I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah.